This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Ambulance chasers. That's what the Prime Minister called the Conservative opposition because of their stand on the case of Terry Lynn McClintock, the killer of eight-year-old Tory Stafford. This is about the contrast between uh, a party and a government that respects the rules, that respects the independence of our judicial system, uh, that appreciates the professionalism of our correctional services, and a party of ambulance-chasing politicians who are, quite frankly, demonstrating a contempt for the principles of law. Well, he actually doubled down on that insult later, saying... It upset the Conservatives because it's true. And in addition to calling the government to account over the transfer of Terry Lynn McClintock from a medium security prison to an Indigenous healing lodge, by the way, a facility that allows children on the premises, the opposition forced the Liberals to vote on a motion yesterday calling for the government to condemn McClintock's transfer and to reverse it. Obviously, that did not pass. We want to hear from you. The number is to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And with me in studio, Ross McLean, security and terrorism expert, and on the line in Ottawa, Conservative House Leader MP Candace Bergen. Thank you both for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Good to be here, Cand. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm Libby. She's yeah, yeah. Candace. Let, let me get let me get that one right off the start. But let me get one other thing right off the start here. I want to say about this, um, about being an ambulance chaser. In fact, it's not an ambulance chaser. Uh, that poor girl was murdered, and she went out in a coroner's wagon. And this isn't just an ambulance uh, accident case. This is about the death of a child. Well, uh, it is quite an insult, uh, uh, MP Candace Bergen. Uh, what's your reaction to the Prime Minister's reaction? Well, Libby, this is what, what Trudeau does. Every time he's faced with tough questions and his lack of accountability and lack of being a leader is confronted, he immediately starts to call names. So we're used to this. But listen, this is not about, about us, and it certainly is not about him. This is about a little girl who was murdered and her murderer being treated with kid gloves and the Prime Minister having the ability to do something about it. We understand he doesn't want to change policy and maybe name McClintock, but he could very quickly and very easily implement a broader policy that would encompass McClintock's situation and get her immediately back behind bars. He has shown no outrage at this decision. In fact, yesterday he said he respected the decision, and I, I, couldn't, actually, I couldn't believe it when he said it, but he did. And then he's not acting on it. So, you know, we, we see a pattern with these liberals, whether it's protecting the Omar Kadars or the Chris Garniers, who's a murderer getting veterans benefits, or now protecting Carrie Lynn McClintock. Uh, it's a pattern with, with the liberals and with Trudeau. Uh, you mentioned uh, a policy that encompasses this. You know, I'm wondering, does it even need a policy? If this was a mistake that 
came to the attention of the government, couldn't they just fix the mistake? Well, we believe that they can, uh, but they won't even acknowledge it's a mistake. Yesterday, the Prime Minister defended the decision. So, problem number one, and you heard, I don't know if you heard yesterday, Tory's dad talking about this. Like yes. He said, he said, this should not even be a debate. This was the wrong decision. And that's what we've been saying. But Trudeau won't even admit that it's a wrong decision. But yes, we agree with you, Libby. He could very easily, quickly just reverse this decision. But if he wants to, if he says, well, I don't want to interfere in specific cases, make a broad policy. We did that when Carla Homolka was about to be pardoned. We recognized that was not right. When we were in government, we immediately implemented a policy that uh, was not directed at her, but encompassed uh, others in the same situation. We did it when we saw that Clifford Olson was going to be receiving OAS. We immediately enacted legislation so that that policy would be reversed. This is what it means to be in government. When bureaucrats make bad decisions, the minister, the prime minister, have the authority, both morally, legally, and obviously politically, to change that decision. But they first have to recognize it's a bad decision. And right now, Trudeau is defending Terry McClintock being in a healing lodge instead of behind bars. Ross, uh, you had an interesting point before we went on air. Um, I don't know if you have confirmation of this, that there may have been a deal that was made with Tory Lynn McClintock. Well, there's one theory from some people I know who covered the case quite well back at the time, and they talked about the fact that she was interviewed by, I believe, the same OPP interviewer who ended up doing the killer colonel a little bit later, so a very skilled interviewer. And in talking with her, they were able to get her to go from being an accessory after the fact with the original charge to she basically, I guess, confessed to a lot that she didn't help find the body. And so there's some suspicion that there was a deal that might have been cut there. You know, the deals with the devil, as you know, we've just heard uh, discussed earlier with Homolka and those sort of things. So there's a question of whether that exists, too. And are we protecting a deal with the devil? You know, we deserve to know. That's at least one theory that I think needs to be looked at. Candice Bergen? Agreed. This is the first I've I've heard of this, and and, uh, that is another aspect of this that I think the Prime Minister needs to answer questions about. But, you know, I think what Canadians are demanding, what what Tory's family is demanding, what we're asking for is immediate action. So, government, do what you have to do to reverse the decision, get this woman back behind an actual, behind bars where she should be, and then, sure, let's find out how the decision happened, uh, make the changes that are needed, but Right now, we have a prime minister who's defending it and calling people names. I mean, in essence, he's calling Tory's dad an ambulance chaser. Like, we're, we are reflecting exactly what Canadians are asking. We're reflecting what, what, what Tory's family's asking. And for the prime minister to call us a name, you know, he then ran out of the house. Didn't he didn't vote on this. In the vote, literally ran. Like, we, we couldn't believe how he, he, he ran to the media, gave his smug, in his typical smug, self-righteous way. You know, I sure showed them and then pranced upstairs to wherever else he was going to. Unbelievable. This is the prime minister of this country who has an opportunity to actually have an impact in someone's life, a positive impact. I mean, and uh, he abdicates it's... his responsibility. It's surprising to me because I, I would think that a, a politician could tell that, that I don't think this breaks down liberals and conservatives. No. I, I think all the liberals I know would, would think this is wrong, and that's why I uh, suspect that maybe what Ross suspects is, is in fact the case, and we should know. But the other question I have, so apparently this happened a long time ago, this transfer, but... Isn't it normal practice for the families of the victims to be informed 
about something like this? Well, the, my understanding is the transfer happened in the last couple of months, and we did enact, uh, under the Victims' Bill of Rights, under our government, we did enact legislation so that victims would be made aware of when situations like this happened. Now, what we've heard from, uh, from Tori's dad is that he was being informed that she was applying for a day pass, which that in and of itself is, is really shocking, but it was during that conversation it came out that she was in Saskatchewan, and he said, well, hang on, wait a minute, what do you mean she's in Saskatchewan? And that's when he was informed of it. So it sounds like that process also, there was a gap whereby uh, the family was informed. And it really begs the question, are there, are there other situations where families are not being informed? Or, you know, hopefully not, but where other child killers are being placed in healing lodges when they still have uh, the massive portion of their sentence to still be served. So there's, there's a lot of questions to be answered. And I guess, you know, our point is, yes, let, let's, let's go through the process. Let's ask the questions. But when you see a mistake has happened, what you do is you, you fix that mistake first, and then you find out how it happened. And, and that's what we're asking the government to do, and they refuse to do it. And to your point, you know, that a lot of, this isn't a partisan thing. We're hearing from a lot of liberals, actually. My, I'm getting emails. We're hearing from liberals that are saying they don't agree with this. And they're, they're frankly getting pretty disgusted with what Trudeau's doing in terms of protecting criminals and not righting wrongs like this. So I, I agree with you. I don't think this is at all partisan. I think this is Canadians, regardless of their political stripe, see this as a wrong that should be right, righted, and they're, they're frustrated with, with Trudeau, even some of the ones that supported him. Uh, and, uh, you know, the argument, I guess, is that a, a facility like this lodge speaks to rehabilitation, but surely there are prisoners, Ross, who are, who are more deserving than her. Yeah, there's only so many resources, and it costs a lot of money to keep prisoners, and you have to pick and choose who gets to get what thing. And anybody with any sense of morality realizes this is a person that should probably never get out, likely. But, you know, I, I have a question for you, actually. I, now, Trudeau, he ordered everybody to vote against this? Yes, they were whipped. They all so, had to vote against it. So, the entire Liberal caucus was, uh, were ordered to vote against this. So I saw a picture, I don't know if it was a file picture, that former chief of police, Bill Blair, was standing and he voted against this? He voted against this. You know, this is something that I just wonder yeah. about, you know, Libby. I really have to wonder about it. I mean, Chief Blair, he's fought crime. He's been the, the Canadian chiefs of police, the Ontario chiefs of police. He's now in charge of fighting organized crime. And uh, I saw OPP Commissioner Lewis uh, outraged about this. You know, the, the, oh, so, and, so and why do we get to vote conscience on this? This isn't political. This is yeah, like moral. It's moral. Well, and and interestingly, the police of chi- the chief of police in Woodstock, who had a big hand in investigating this, came out. Now, police chiefs—they're not supposed to make political comments—and he was outraged by this. You know, that's unusual. I would think that when a, a cop comes out and makes a statement like that, they're actually putting their career in a bit of jeopardy because not supposed to be. Well, you know, sadly, and we've seen this over the last couple of years, you know, Trudeau um, talked about sunny ways and allowing parliamentarians free votes. And sadly, we've seen the exact opposite. We've, we've never seen a, a party that's been so whipped and not allowed to have not only free votes, they're not allowed to have uh, free thought and opinion on a numerous amount of issues. So it was uh, in keeping with what Trudeau and Jerry Butts' way of doing things is, and that is they, they, they lay the whip. And a guy like Bill Blair, 
sadly, has seems to just be kowtowing to it. I mean, we were, we, you, you'll recall a couple of weeks ago, a Liberal actually crossed the floor and came over, Leona uh, Ellislev came over to, uh, to Conservatives, which is a pretty big move to go from government to opposition. But, you know, one of the reasons was, she said, we're just not listened to. Uh, they make all the decisions at the top. Caucus is not consulted. So we're seeing this over and over with Trudeau, where he has failed all the things that he promised. He's really failed on. And you kind of have to wonder how genuine he was, and if, or if a lot of it was just kind of being fake, I would say. And on this, allowing members, because I agree with you, Ross, this is, this is a matter, a moral issue. This is a matter of conscience. And they were absolutely whipped, and some of them were visibly upset. Like they were, they were very upset. But they had to do what Trudeau said. Okay, uh, Candice, I know that you have to uh, leave now. Anything you want to leave us with on this before we take some calls from our listeners? You know, the only thing I would say is, listen, it's not too late. We're going to keep asking the government. We need to see justice done. Canadians want to see justice done. And I would just encourage people, keep calling Liberal MPs. Phone calls are the best way. You phone their offices. They can't just hang up. They can't just put your letter or your email aside. Call Liberal members of Parliament from across the country and demand that they stand up to Trudeau and that they stand for justice for Tory. Okay, uh, Candace Bergen, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Libby. Okay, Uh, we're going to take a few calls from our listeners. We've got Diane in Toronto. Hi, Diane. Uh, Good morning. Uh, Good afternoon, Libby. Oh, this is disgraceful, this whole situation. Mr. Trudeau has a habit of calling people names. Well, I have a name for him. He's an idiot. Total, total idiot. Totally insensitive to the family. What that family is going through, the father, my heart just breaks for them. No respect for the little child. These monsters that torture and kill little children, they should be hanging from the end of a rope. And I think I speak for most of Canada when I say that. And to treat her with these kid gloves and to be around children again, it's just it just doesn't make sense. Bill Blair, he's a puppet. He's a political puppet, always has been and always will be. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm sounding off too much, Libby, but this is just so hurtful. Okay, and thanks thank very you for, much Thank for your you call. for taking my call. Yeah. Okay, uh, Ross, did you want to respond to that? Well, no, I think she expresses every Canadian of every stripe for this. And, you know, the important thing about law is, Libby, laws are supposed to reflect uh, the will of the people and the values of the country. And, and we're all supposed to agree that certain crimes are bad, and that's why there's sentences for certain crimes. And in this crime, very heavy sentences, and it reflects the will of the people. So it shouldn't be turned on its head like this. And I'll just say this as well, too. When she said, call up the Liberal MPs that you know, I talked to a, an MP a while back, and I said, what's the, wor- what's the worth in calling you guys? Like, you don't do anything anyway. He well, you know what? He said, we get a lot of calls and a lot of letters and a lot of faxes. We actually respond to those. He says, because most people don't bother making the call. So make the call. It does have an effect. Believe it or not, I thought it didn't, but I had one politician tell me it did. Okay, let's go to Rick in Toronto. Hi, Rick. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? I've got a couple of things to say. Trudeau said there's going to be a war in the next election. A lot of mudslinging, like never seen before. This guy just keeps putting his foot in his mouth. And you know what? Too bad it wasn't one of his child that that, that oh, person that's, killed. Let's not you say know? that. And then it would have been different. 
Well, you know, you know, you know one thing, Libby, and I, and I agree. That's a very harsh thing to yeah, say, Carl. It is yeah. a very harsh. But you know what? But the sentiment is this. What the sentiment is, is where is the empathy for it? That's one of the things you want when you deal with people and you're dealing with things like this. You want some sense of empathy and understanding of what's actually going on. So when you make a decision about something, it appears that you've used some empathy. And that's what appears to be, you know, lacking here. Okay. Uh, thanks for your call. Let us now go to Elizabeth in Scarborough. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Ludi. Um I just am um, calling with regards to this problem being not political but moral. I don't know when it comes to Mr. Trudeau and morals. Forget it. It is like the captain of the Titanic giving advice on navigation. Honestly. That man's morals have just gone. Well, you know, there is actually, if one wants to look at it, a bit of a theme here with this government about being soft on crime. I mean, certainly another thing that's going under the radar is Bill C-75. Bill C-75 is reducing the sentences for all kinds of crimes, to terrorism, to human trafficking. It's making it very easy. It can almost become a fine in some of the cases. You look at, we've got the legalization of the marijuana. That's out there. We certainly saw the Prime Minister uh, get involved in the Bushi trial because he thought that the person who was coming in uh, who got killed was somehow, he didn't like that verdict. He wanted to get involved there. You know, he seems to go all the way back to uh, before he was elected when he was asked about the Boston bombers. And he just thought there was compassion needed for these people, Libby. Like, he just seems to think that somehow the people who do terrible things do them for very good reasons, and we should have more understanding of that. Okay. Um, Everybody, please hang on. Uh, We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll have more of your calls. We will have the Conservative leader, Andrew Scheer, and we will continue our conversation with Ross McLean when we return. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Now, everybody, please hang on. We are going to get to all of your calls. But first, I am bringing in Conservative leader Andrew Scheer. Welcome. Thank you for being with us. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show. Okay. Well, uh, Andrew, um, before in our earlier conversation, uh, Ross McLean, who is with me in studio, says that He's had some, I guess, unconfirmed reports that Terry Lynn McClintock may have got a deal from the government, and that may be why she's in that lodge. Do you have any inkling of that? Well, no. Uh, it, these are very troubling reports, so we are trying to determine if uh, if they are accurate. Uh, this is something that uh, would require uh, a great deal of explanation if true. Uh, this is uh, someone who has uh, admitted to the most horrific crimes imaginable against a beautiful young girl. Uh, And it's bad enough that she has been transferred into a healing lodge where she enjoys uh, some some amenities that that she didn't have before when she was behind bars. Uh, But now, you know, to to hear this type of thing, it's it's, it's incredibly uh, troubling. And it's troubling that uh, Justin Trudeau and the Liberals don't seem to be bothered uh, by, uh, by what's going on here. You know, Andrew, one of the things I like that you said there, and I tell people all the time, when you're going to make decisions and you make hard decisions, explain your reasoning for it. You know, explain it, lay it out so that people can look at what your reasoning is and they can either agree or disagree with it. But so far, I'm not seeing any real reasoning for this. It's just uh, take it and eat it. 
Yeah, exactly. And our point here is, uh, for sure, we have an independent judicial system. We, we, we leave the determination of guilt or innocence to uh, judges and juries, and, and, and that is all very independent. But once someone has become been found guilty, then they are administered by the Department of Corrections, which which does have government oversight. And what we have here is at some point along the way, uh, uh, an official, uh, a public servant at some level decided to okay this transfer. And this is what we've been calling on the government to fix, that it's the elected representatives who have the ability, it's our government that has the ability to say, hey, wait a minute, you got it wrong and we're going to make it right. Uh, we, we, we don't believe that every single decision by the, a government department is always right. Uh, we acknowledge that people can make mistakes, and this was a case where uh, this mistake was made. They have the power to do it. Previous governments have reversed decisions like this. Uh, I'm still at a loss to understand why Trudeau won't take these measures. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because, uh, uh, as we were saying before, I don't think this cuts across party lines. Where are you going to take this from here? Well, you're absolutely right. The, the, the first day that we heard about this, the first few questions that we raised in the House of Commons uh, were not uh, rhetorical. They were not uh, politically motivated. They were very simple questions. Will the Prime Minister change this decision? Uh, then you may recall Ralph Goodale, uh, Trudeau's public safety minister, went on national TV and referred to McClintock's crimes as bad practices. Well, that was an insult to uh, the family, to all the people in the community that, that, that went through this very emotional case. So what we had the vote yesterday. We were hoping that enough individual Liberal MPs might find the courage to vote with us on this. Uh, Tory Stafford's father has called for this to be a nonpartisan approach. All parties should be supporting it. Uh, he, he was in Ottawa yesterday. Our understanding is that he's going to come back with a rally with some uh, other families who have been uh, affected by crime, with some people who uh, want to see action on that for, for rally uh, in Ottawa. We are hoping now that the Liberals voted against our motion, that we could at least put enough pressure that we could encourage people to contact their members of parliament that they do the right thing eventually you know that they may come in uh you know on a on a friday afternoon or, or when the house of commons isn't sitting and make this change which uh which at the end of the day is we, we would take that we the just want to make friday afternoon at five o'clock change exactly. i remember those well from my time in ottawa exactly but you know what we that, we would take that we would say okay fine you know you we understand why you did it that way but at the end of the day we just want this to be right we want them to make it right and uh and they have an opportunity to do so uh, and uh, were you surprised by the reaction to this? I, I was surprised by the reaction because I I never thought for a second that that the the prime minister would completely uh, you know abrogate responsibility for this. He, he, uh, Trudeau is famous at blaming everybody else for his failures. You know, well, I don't want to mix issues here, but you know we've got the Trans Mountain decision. And it's not his fault. It's a uh, it's the approvals process. You know, we've got a, a terrible deal on on NAFTA, and it's not his fault. It's, it's always, uh, you know, the U.S.'s fault. And, and now on this, he's saying, well, my hands are tied. I, I don't have the ability to do so. He actually does have the legal ability. I believe what uh, pre- previous prime ministers would have done, certainly Prime Minister Harper, and I believe, you know, even a liberal prime minister like Jean Chrétien would have come out, addressed the media and said, listen, we're going to make this right. Uh, the, the, this decision will be overturned. And then he would go into their meeting, uh, meeting with his officials, and say, oh, now make it happen. You know, go go find a way. Give me some options as to how I can do this. But for over a week now, we've had senior liberal ministers like Ralph Goodale and the, and Justin Trudeau himself, not just 
not just uh, not just saying they don't have the power to do this, but actually endorsing the decision, saying that you know the the, the officials have the capacity to evaluate. She, McClintock is now in a facility where there are other children, where there are no fences, where there are, are you know, it's, it's, it's completely unacceptable. Uh, she's had a history of violence in prison. She she beat up a oh, fellow really? inmate. Uh, she, she 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 beat up a fellow inmate and then laments. She actually wrote a letter to a friend saying she wished she had more time. She could have done more damage. So this is a deranged individual who has committed evil acts. This isn't some first-time offender who, with the right kind of programming, might be able to turn be turned away from a life of crime. Uh, so we, we will continue to call for her to be behind bars. And uh, she could apply for parole under the Faint Hope, Ross? She has uh, the ability to apply for parole in a number of years. One of the reasons why offenders want to be in minimum security facilities and places like healing lodges is because it's very uh, straightforward to apply for day parole. In fact, that is how Tory Stafford's family found out about it, because we do have a provision where uh, in order to, to be granted parole, the, 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 the victim's families do have to be notified and, and consulted. That's how this all came to light. It was, it was by accident, almost, because it's clear that, uh, that she had put in for one of these requests. So we've got a situation with uh, a horrific child killer with a long history of violence is now in a facility where other children are there visiting their families and, and staying over with their parents, and now she has applied for day parole. So we are in a situation where just a few short years after being convicted of these crimes, uh, she's already you know well on her way to, 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 to being back in society. And our point on this is that Tory Stafford's life should have value. It should mean something. And, and part of giving it that value is to say to the people who took their lives, uh, her life, that they have to make amends for that. And and that's why I'm so passionate on this issue. I've got uh, five kids, three young daughters. When, when I hear the story, the part of the story where, you know, your, your blood just runs cold is when you learn that this happened on the first day that St- Tori Stafford was allowed to walk home by herself. Oh, no. And ev- Every parent makes that decision at some point. You know, when, you're, when your son or daughter says, hey, can I go to the park by myself today? Or can I go to the store by myself? Can I go to the neighbors by myself? You say no until they're four or five or six. And then one day you say yes. That's a stressful day, you know, no matter how short the trip is. And imagining what Tori's mom must have been feeling, knowing that, the, you know, that was the first day that she said she could do it by herself. I, I just, uh, my heart just goes out to that entire family. You know, something that Andrew just said there, Libby, that uh, really caught my ear. Is she being fast-tracked to get out on the street? That This is part of a fast-track. This wasn't a one-time, oops, we put her in a healing lodge, we'll let it work out. As he said, it's you get in the healing lodge, then you can get the day pass, and you can get the day pass, you can get the week pass. And then her 15 uh, years comes up into the faint hope clause, oh yeah, we can get her out. Like, has, has something been done that way? It's certainly, that's what it sounds like to me. I mean, I judge people more by their actions than by their words. Yeah, uh, I, I think there's definitely a pattern there, and... When, you know, we, we've we've long, as a Conservative Party, been calling for a, a overhaul of, of this type of system. We we brought in uh, measures to to make sure that life meant life. Uh, when we found out that a, 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 a horrific killer like Paul Bernardo was receiving conjugal visit, visits, we put a stop to that. Uh, we passed legislation so that Clifford Olson couldn't receive old age benefits. Uh, but we do have to we, we do have to get a grip on this because there are so many uh, there's other stories coming to light now about uh, people who are who have been found guilty of committing multiple crimes using this 
the, the, this pattern, you know, getting uh, getting into a minimum security f- facility, having all kinds of access to day passes and, and longer periods of time outside of custody. Uh, and then, you know, uh, are they really paying, uh, are they really making amends for the crimes that they've committed? Are they, are we really keeping society safe, especially when they've got a history of violence within institutions? And I, I, I go back to saying, I, I'm all for rehabilitation. I'm all for taking a, uh, a young kid who's stolen a car and, and trying to turn them on the right track. I'm, I understand that there can be crimes of passion where somebody, uh, you know, commits a violent act that they would never normally do and, and, and they can be helped and they can be uh, rehabilitated and, and society can be better off if they are transitioned back. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about someone who planned out a murder in, in the most gruesome of circumstances. And I wouldn't repeat the, uh, the, the nature of those crimes. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Andrew, can I just ask you this quickly? So what we're seeing here, okay, we're kicking people out of prison. You're looking into it. Maybe there's all more of this going on because guess what? It costs money to keep people in prison. And maybe the federal government doesn't like spending the money there. And I see that we're coming up with Bill C-75, which is going to reduce uh, the sentences for crimes on everything from terrorism to human trafficking. The judges could just give you a fine for doing a terrorism offense, potentially. Well, exactly. And this is a this is a misplaced priority. I think Canadians do want their governments to invest in keeping communities safe. You talked about Bill C-75. We've got a, a gun violence problem in uh, Toronto and, and other major cities. Yes, Amen. we certainly do. Amen. And, and absolutely. And, and we know that the people committing those crimes are, are not hunters and sports shooters. They're gang members. And this bill, this piece of legislation, actually waters down the penalties for criminal uh, gangs and, and, and organizations that, that, that commit crimes at an institutional level. And we're scratching our heads here saying, how can the Liberals think that this is going to make life safer? They've never, ever had a comprehensive uh, public safety campaign. Their public safety efforts are all centered around things that don't work, like gun registries and uh, and, and, and things like that. We believe that the, the law should be very, very tough on criminal organizations and gangs. Those are the people that are truly terrorizing uh, our communities. Uh, a question uh, I'm going to get to our callers, so please hang on. Uh, but for one of them, do we know if Terry Lynn McClintock is Indigenous? She's in this Indigenous Healing Lodge. I know it, it does accept others as well, but do we know? I've heard uh, conflicting reports on that. Uh, I've heard that the uh, I read a quote from one of her family members that said that uh, that she's absolutely not. Uh, a departmental official was uh, was quoted as saying that she self-identifies as Indigenous. So I'm not sure what that means. Does that mean that she, you know, she she, she decided to, uh, to to identify as something that she she's not actually born that way? I, I don't know. But I'm just going on uh, on media reports. But you know. We, a conversation about where healing lodges fit in our, our our justice system and our correction system. Absolutely, we can have that. And 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 is it the right place for? As I said, you know, first time offenders, people who uh, come from uh, uh, indigenous communities, where they, they they would be better served by having uh, the types of programmings that are offered there. I'm totally willing to have that kind of a, a discussion and debate on on where they fit in. But my starting point on that debate is that people like Terry Lynn McClintock do not belong there. Uh, regardless of her background, regardless of, of, of her heritage, uh, she belongs behind bars, uh, atoning for what she did. Okay, Andrew Shear, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, we are not going to let this one go. So uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. Okay. Keep, keep up that fight. We need it. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Okay, people, you've been waiting very patiently, uh, so we are going to get to your calls. John in Brampton. Hi, John. 
Yes, hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. You're um, welcome. Actually, you, you I think you, you stole my question. <laughs> I um, did. I did. I, 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 <laughs> I don't remember reading anything about that during the trial, and I'm sure if that was the case, it, it would have come up, definitely, because that would have influenced the, the, the sentencing and everything else. Um, but I, you know, I'm wondering now if this is not connected somehow to the uh, pipeline thing where where our uh, our man Trudeau is is uh, trying to prove to the uh, First Nations that he's uh, he's back on their side. So maybe this is just a little token of you know good faith. It, it seems to fit his logic anyway. You know, um, other than that, thanks for taking my call. You're very welcome. To his thanks. point, what I hear him saying, Libby, is what I said before. People want a full explanation. So I think the prime minister should stand up and give a complete and full explanation of why the party is taking the stance that they're taking so that people can see it. Otherwise, we're reading all these things into it because there's a lack of information. Transparency is number one, I think. Okay, let's hear from Patricia in Etobicoke. Hi, Patricia. Hi, thank you, Libby, for taking my call. I remember when the little girl died, I just sat and cried. Being a mother myself, it was just devastating. And then to hear that this person has been put in a a lodge where she's... I've got no words for it. I I think everybody's already sort of said how I'm feeling. I've thought, you know, in the past, Trudeau's done some stupid things, and I've shrugged my shoulders and thought, okay, I'm a liberal. Guess what? I'm not voting liberal next time around. I'd vote to anybody at the moment rather than him. This, what he's done is criminal. And that's all I can say um, about it. And that's all I have to say. Okay. I'm even even beginning to cry now. Oh, dear. I can't believe it. But thank you for taking my call. Well, thank you, Patricia. And uh, I think uh, politicians are going to start to take notice. If you have someone like Patricia, who's a liberal voter, who says this has just turned her off, because as I said, I don't really see this as a partisan issue. No, no. And let let me tell you this, too. When it comes to these horrific murders like this, the public does not get all the details. Trust me, you don't get all the details. You don't see all the photos. You don't know all the things that went on. And you hear people like her who are deeply bothered and cry over hearing about this. Let me tell you, I, I will guarantee you there were hardened cops involved in that investigation who have anniversary problems of, on the date of uh, dealing with that body. It's that serious a thing. It'll cause people, you'll have cops who break down in tears, suffer from PTSD, because they see what actually goes on, and they have to deal with the victims. And uh, this is where we need to have that uh, respected by our law. Okay. Uh, Let us hear from Elizabeth in Scarborough. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi, Libby. I was calling in connection with the matter not being political but moral. I believe in that, and I think everybody is well aware as to the direction of Mr. Trudeau's morals. Okay, thank you for that. All right. Jan in Guelph. Hello. Hello. Hi, it's Jan from Guelph calling. I want to know if we can call for the resignation of our stupid Prime Minister, because we don't need him. He's going the wrong way. He doesn't know how to handle things, and what he's done about this little girl and this woman in the health lodge is more than criminal. You know, I don't, I don't know the politics of all that about calling for the resignation, but as they said, if enough of his members stood up and wouldn't uh, bow to this, this, this line of voting against this and do the right thing, I mean, I'm sure there must be members who are like, 
My God. I mean, they deal with victims of crime all over the place. And it's, it's a very serious thing to look at someone who's lost a child in that fashion and think that you're going to to stand up and say And he apparently would not see Rodney Stafford yesterday. Um, Jan, thanks yes. for your call. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Brian and Mimico. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? I'm good on the way home again. Uh, you know, this is exactly what I would expect from uh, the actor playing the role of prime minister. Because he's nothing but a pompous, arrogant, spoiled, brat millionaire just like his father. And they both had their own agendas. They don't care what's best for the country. It's what they want to do. What they think in their wisdom is the best thing to do. And it's not. And when he turns around and tells people, well, this is what Canadians want, I think, how would you know? You have no idea. You have a trust fund. You were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. You never bothered to get an education. You never had a real job except fun jobs. And the only serious job you ever had was a drama coach. And you used that well as prime minister when you get up and sound oh so serious in your apologies and everything else. And I'm glad to see finally Canadians are starting to see this. Please just remember it till next year during the election. Okay there, Brian. Thanks for that. You know, the, the, the question he raises there, it's the same theme I said before. Who's he doing this for? Is it him? Is it his belief that he's making everybody follow? Is there some other decision behind it? Uh, I have a hunch there is some other decision by it. It's the only <laughs> thing that that makes sense. But, you know, we've got to confirm that. Hopefully uh, the opposition will get on that opposition research now. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.